intuitive and sensitive uh, and a Reiki master practitioner here at animallovelanguages.com. Totally bungled that because of cuteness. And we have Miss Judy Ramsey with us today from judyramsey.net. And we are talking about all things animal communication. What is it? Who can do it? How woo is it? Or as I like to say, is it woo? Or is it you? Is it has it all has it been you all along? And we talk about how we get started in animal communication, sharing inspiring stories from amazing practitioners around the world and introducing you to folks from all walks of life who absolutely adore animals. Now, I know if you've chosen Let's Talk to Animals instead of one of the many other wonderful book club or get fit fast or whatever it is or how to scratch your cockatiels neck feathers we know that you're interested in animal communication and i just want to say thank you thank you for your time thank you for your your um your your heart for animals and thank you for choosing to listen with us today and to watch with us today so we have judy ramsey here today and judy i just first want to stop talking for a minute and say welcome Thank you. So delighted to have you. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me on. I appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. And so we are going to be delving into two really intriguing topics today. The first is going to be telepathic animal communication. And then Judy also works in shamanic healing. And so we're going to be talking about both of those pathways. But Judy, as I shared with you a little bit before we got started today, I always, because we have so many people who listen, who are so interested in maybe um, exploring whether animal communication is already happening for them. And they are just getting a subtle hunch that it's happening or wondering if it's something that could happen for them or uh, intuitive pet parents who wonder how it can help them and their animals. And so I always like to invite Let's Talk to Animals guests to rewind us a bit, take us back to kind of when your story began and share a little bit about how you discovered this, what it's like for you and how you came to be doing the important work that you're doing today. Thank you, Shannon. Um, I remember as a child, up until about the age of five, when I went into school, that I could pretty much talk to any animal or plant. I could see fairies. And my, my family members were pretty intuitive, but also very dysfunctional. <laughs> ah, so, it's a lovely um, combination. <laughs> well, I think normal. You know, and uh, I it kind of got schooled out of me because mm -hmm. my family didn't want me to be embarrassed by my active imagination. And I, over the years, have found out that lots of students in my animal communication classes had the same experience. I think that everybody is born with the ability to communicate with animals. And I did not rediscover that until I was in my 40s. And I got my first horse. And she was such a clear communicator. And she taught me so much about humans as well as animals. And brought me to um, animal communication officially. And so I studied with Penelope Smith. I teach her classes, four levels of them. Fantastic. And what Penelope emphasizes is that we all 
have that ability and we have it all along. We just kind of take it for granted. But we've all had amazing experiences where we have understood exactly what an animal wanted or that an animal understood what we wanted from them and it was a surprise and a delight, you know. We've all had experiences where we were impressed by an animal or we were guided by an animal without even asking. And those of us who've had pets throughout our lives know very well that that communication can be very, very clear. And what's standing in the way is the human mind, the monkey mind that likes to be so busy. And, and all we really have to do is be still enough to be able to hear what they're saying. We can communicate to them and they understand every word we say because they are linked to our minds and to our spirits as well through our hearts. Your animal knows exactly what you're thinking, so be careful about what you think. <laughs> but I it's how they tell that. we're coming home. It's how they tell when we're upset. It's how they tell when we need support or when we, when we need some fun, when we need to play. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love so much what you're sharing, and I love that you highlighted it's how the animals know when we're coming home. Mm -hmm. there, there's a book, and you've, I'm sure you've read it. It's by Dr. Rupert Sheltrick called How mm -hmm. Dogs Know When Their when they're Owners, When Their People Are Coming Home. But it's not just, I, I wish he had expanded the study because it's not just dogs. My parrot, Pearl, whom you met earlier, who's printing on my knee right now, he absolutely knows when I'm coming home. And in fact, when I pull up in front of the house, even if he, even though he's in the back and can't see me, I can hear him shrieking because he knows I'm home. And it's, it's, this is something, it's so easy to assume that, you know, may, oh, it's just, you know, there's been all these scientific studies about dogs. Facial features have literally changed over the, the centuries so that they can do puppy dog eyes because their genetics has learned that that's a very effective expression to get something that they want from their humans or to get out of trouble that they've created. But that doesn't mean that our cats and our horses and our turtles and our birds don't have these same deep intuitive bonds with us. It's a bond that we, we share with all of life. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to invite you on Let's Talk to Animals, because it feels like in your work, you've taken it a step deeper even by including the shamanic aspect because it really, that's, I'm, I'm part, um, we, we're not really sure we've done all, all kinds of genealogy and tracing our ancestry. And we're still not totally sure what tribe, but I'm part American Indian on my father's side. So there is something in me that's always just been fascinated by those roots that I can feel and yet have not found a way to really express to date. And so I am fascinated by, of course, we have the telepathic piece and we have the shamanic piece. And I'd love for you to just, because I don't even really technically know what questions to ask you. I'd love for you to share 
from your heart, how those two pieces fit together and what made it feel like a really good uh, twin pathway or really good fit for the work that you want to do with animals and their people in the world. Sure, I'd be happy to. First of all, every one of us comes from cultures that had a shamanic root. It was the wise woman of the village, the medicine man, the curandero. It, it, no matter where you come from in the world, we all had shamanic roots. And that's in our DNA, to do that spiritual connection with all our relations. The telepathic animal communication is very interesting. It is, It addresses the physical, mental, and emotional aspects of life as they are presented in an animal by symptoms and behaviors. It's very direct. It's like you're talking to a friend on the phone. It addresses concrete, visible issues that are present in the animal. It works to get the animal's perspective on the causes and the solutions. And the animals come up with amazing solutions themselves. They really do. I also teach interspecies counseling for problem areas between humans and animals to help them get along more harmoniously. But the telepathic communication is a concept for concept, word for word communication. While you're talking, I am translating to Pearl. I'm showing him images and feelings and sensations or colors maybe. And then when he's responding, I'm putting words to that so that you understand exactly what he wants and what he's saying. Although the two of you have such a close relationship, I'm sure that you already know exactly what he wants. Not always, you know, and that's that's an interesting piece. And I'm, I'm not going to digress, but that's an interesting piece. It is, so I still work with animal, I'm an animal communicator. I still work with animal communicators. I hired an animal communicator colleague of mine recently to work with our dachshund. Because this is my animal, yeah. right? We're and too so we can have the these source. blocks, yeah. right? It's kind or, of like uh, doing surgery on your own family. Oh, you my know, goodness. Really Total. Or well, on I yourself. Have, I have a couple of yeah. communicators that help me as well. Mm -hmm. But the thing with but I don't want to get out communication. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The telepathic communication, if, if your cockatiel doesn't know anything, I don't either. So I can't ask about a past life if he doesn't know about it, if he's not aware of it. I can't ask uh, anything. I can't tell you anything about something he doesn't know. And, but I do work with, I, I can't bring up anything that, that clients don't bring up. You know, the shamanic animal communication on the other hand is a little bit different. Um, it addresses the spiritual aspects of communication and of healing as presented by their symptoms and behaviors. It addresses the feelings, the sensations, behavioral patterns, and their sources through shamanic journeying, which is kind of very active meditation that we use to go to a different time frame, a different, we call it non-ordinary reality because it's in a different like dimension. That. And ordinary reality is this, you know, it's where telepathic communication takes place. But it streams from the practitioner's spiritual connection with the animal. It's a spirit-to-spirit -spirit contact. And it may show 
you know, before I said, if, if your dog doesn't know something, I don't either. But if I do a shamanic journey and I'm doing shamanic communication, it may show me the details of the animal's life, the person's life, the influences and the web of the whole web of relationship in non-ordinary time in response to vibrations between you and Pearl. So if, if Pearl had been a rescue, for example, and you didn't know anything about his prior life before coming home, I would be able to do a shamanic journey and should be able to get more information for you. But it can introduce information about all of the influencing factors. It's not a direct communication per se with the animal, but it is a direct connection, almost as though you are witnessing what has happened to that particular spirit. And and so it's a big difference. They both follow a code of ethics. They both work to support veterinary care. Um, and I work with a number of holistic veterinarians for that purpose. They discover feelings, motivations, reasons, and solutions from the animal's point of view. Um, they both facilitate and mediate problem solving, and they both restore balance between the animal and the person. And I found out about the shamanic animal healing. I had been bucked off my horse, this was some years ago, broke my back, I was in a body brace for four months and couldn't do anything but sit and stare. And that's kind of oh what it takes still, you know. Yeah. And um, I couldn't do anything. And every morning, what I did was I went online and I took a class, me and the dog. I would first communicate with the animals, you know, off the front porch, just telepathically, the birds, the rabbits, and whoever else was there. And what I found in exploring was um, I, I just totally by accident happened on Carla Meski, who is a shamanic practitioner that works with animals. And at the time, she had a year-long program. I had never been exposed to anything shamanic. And I was like in my late 40s. And um, I was actually in my 50s by then, yes. And uh, I was so fascinated by that. And she taught me everything I know as a foundation about shamanic work and she applied it to animals that was her specialty it still is she has a wonderful program of learning how to communicate with animals shamanically and also um, doing shamanic animal healing and then she's got all kinds of fascinating classes like working with dragons and fairies <laughs> and all kinds it's of things quite fascinating but um I decided to take, and, and Carla has been my friend and mentor for some years now. I think we figured out it was eight or nine years ago that this happened. And um, so what I decided to do is to do both. Um, and I was doing shamanic healing for humans and the animal communication but I was also doing shamanic healing for animals. And I thought, you know, it would save me a lot of time and money if I could combine them. Because <laughs> when you start to market yourself as a professional person, 
it, to go in two different directions is just not efficient, you know. I hear and I'm you. Doing the shamanic communication with the animals, and I I found a way to combine them to de- to go deeper with them, going uh, a little bit differently than where Carla had gone, and so now I have two levels of shamanic healing for animals classes. I have a shamanic animal communication class, and um, I teach Sandra Ingerman's uh, shamanic classes. I'm one of her instructors, and uh, so I teach it for humans as well, and uh, it's just been wonderful. It really has opened up so much for me personally in terms of spiritual expansion and just in terms of service. I'm able to serve so many more people, and I'm just so grateful to be on this path. I really am. Yes, we definitely, it feels, sometimes it can feel challenging with what you're sharing, like the the business side and the marketing side and the positioning side and the let's not make us crazy with extra work side because I want to have a life too and and share time with our own animals and just seeking that balance, but the balance can't, it feels like the balance can't be found until we remember that we are more than our to-do list, which is such a huge challenge that many, many, most, I, I would say most of us have, whether we realize it or not. And even just taking the to-do list and taking a look at it and going, wait, is this even something that I need to do or want to do? Am I focusing where my soul is leading me? And it feels it feels like, you know, I'm as I'm listening to you, I'm realizing that I've had plenty of shamanic work done on me over the years as I, I've had, I had a, a whole previous life and uh, when I was recovering from an eating disorder and worked uh, in a different field, et cetera, et cetera. So I've had, but it wasn't called necessarily called shamanic. It feels like that word is just beginning to re-emerge. And so too, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the the challenge for both animal communication and shamanic work has been to present it as a normal kind of thing. It's just it's a real challenge to pick the wording. Both Sandra Ingerman and Penelope Smith are very grounded, down to earth people that have really pioneered how how should I word this, uh, making those things ordinary, mm-hmm. making them undramatic and matter of fact. Well, of course your animals want to communicate with you. You have experienced that your entire life, you know. Or shamanically, of course your animals have a spirit, you know. And bless the present Pope, because he he announced that the animals had souls. Something that the rest of us kind of knew all along. But um, until the Pope says it, it's not official, you know. So thank goodness that times are changing. And my thought is always, if everybody could communicate with animals, it would be a whole lot better world. So So much would be different. 
So much would be different. And it's it's no accident. You know, I've become fascinated with the idea of soul contracts for between animals and their humans. The more work I do with animals who pass across the veil. There's definitely a karmic path. Absolutely. I mean, I'll just think about, you know, as you're listening right now or as you're watching this, the YouTube, um, think about, you know, who who in your life, which animal could you perhaps pinpoint as being the 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 birther that's a that's a horrible word, but the um, awakening in you, let's say, an awareness that animal communication maybe is possible, maybe it is happening, maybe it's happening to you, maybe it's happening with this particular animal, just like you shared that you had a particular horse in your 40s that really awakened. I've had multiple animals, but I would say it's this bird who really woke my soul up and has um, instigated so many positive changes in my life in in ways I'm just now, and we're 23 years of life together, I'm just now starting to unpack and also consider, you know, why this particular animal, think of all of the thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of animals in the world, and so many waiting for forever homes, so many in transition between one home and another, and somehow you and your particular animal found your way to each other, whether your relationship is fully harmonious or it's challenging and it's a teaching relationship or it's your soul wake up call relationship, whatever it is, it's quite a miracle and there are no accidents. Yeah. No, there really aren't. And the animals have shown me the resonance that they have. There is a resonance. And a lot of times when I have an animal and human client, they have been through very similar experiences and and the human doesn't realize that. But that there is a resonance and a vibration that brings them together no matter how far apart they are. I have a, a client who's a woman with a new horse and she was really doubting whether that horse was whether she was good enough for this horse and the horse is an amazing horse she is in the midwest the horse was in texas and when she said maybe i should pass this horse along to another person i said no no that that horse would not even have gotten in the trailer before it even left Texas, if it was not meant to be with you. Even with that distance, they know. They can feel into it. I like to take the advanced animal communication students to zoos and to communicate with the different levels of the individual animal, the species, and the group at the entire zoo. There are different levels of the communication. And the vibration that they give to the people that are visiting that zoo is amazing, most of whom don't realize that they're receiving help from the animals. It's pretty remarkable to think about, you know, the the life of the different animals, let's say, at a zoo, 
and and the different groups that even come together and you know zoos are really they can be a really touchy topic in you know in and out of the field of animal communication but there is this 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 inner sense that i've always carried that the animals that um that are at the zoos i'm trying to think of how to word this they're they're servants for their species mm-hmm. and yeah. are and they're educators stepping up to the plate yeah. as ambassadors as educators uh one of my good friends is um he's he works he's the right up at the top of the herpetology department at our Houston zoo. And we had a long conversation about this one day and the abilities that zoos offer to him and his wife to go and do research and go and help endangered species Mm -hmm. groups in other parts of the world and the philanthropy that happens behind the scenes. And the, the truth is, is that we, we can't, care if we don't have an opportunity to interact and we or we don't even know that that animal or that that animal group or that species exists and so i really feel it's it's not different than the animals that choose to to keep company with us that choose to share their lives with us rather than choosing a wildlife often in my animal communication sessions I'll see in on the other side of the veil I'll see animals lined up at what looks kind of like a job board you know, or those old school job boards before everything went I online and they have a description. Yeah. Right. Or like, or like even like the old school, like online dating or whatever, and before online dating and you have a picture and then like a little job description and you know what the person wants, what the person needs and animals are all clustered at that board, looking at it going, you know, all the different positions go, Ooh, that's a perfect fit for me. I want and pulling there just and that's just a vision the vision I get it always makes me smile because it reminds me that our animals have free will too they have a choice too and they have I would say a richer inner life than we do because they're so aware of it I always tell my clients you know communication does not equal compliance if it's a behavior problem, they yes. have free will. They will pee outside the box if that's what they want to do. The best we can do is find out why they're doing it from their perspective and to let them know how it makes their person feel. And most of them choose to comply, but I can't guarantee compliance. No, we don't fix. We actually, I had a conversation last night with my with my students about that. And, you know, it's not that we 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 learn how to you know how to create accurate clear questions and share accurate clear information with an animal and then they're fixed i actually was at a at a at a charity event last month i had a booth and a woman walked up to me with a great dane and a bunch of her human friends and she stopped in front of my booth and she said can you fix my dog and i was like thinking to myself, I think your dog's fine. <laughs> it's not the yeah, dog it, that needs, it's, it's you know, so so I just lightly handed her a card <laughs> and was like, you know, you call me when you're ready. <laughs> but it's like, well, and, and you bring up a really good point too, because when I do a shamanic journey for healing the animal, I give people a recording of it that's done separately from the communication. And I can't tell you how many people say, you know, I think I got a healing from that journey too. 
Oh, beautiful. And so it, it, it works for everybody who hears it. It does. And that animal brings in the vibrations for healing their person as well as for themselves. And I love, I love that you highlighted that because I've, I have found over the years, not just for me personally and my family, but, and, but with my animals that there are, there's nothing more powerful than love of an animal to motivate us to really stretch outside our comfort zones and try things and do things that we would never consider. And there, you know, this is this kind of the delicate balance between, you know, just learning about animal communication, maybe occasionally dabbling in it versus wanting to hang out a shingle and go pro, like, you know, which is a very lightweight way of, of, of explaining what we do. But it's like we, we need to be in integrity with, okay, if I'm, you know, willing to give this much to my animal, if I'm willing to invest in all of these ways, these different facets of, you know, healing their soul, their soul karma, their physical body, emotional body, mental body, relational issues. I need to be investing in myself too. There needs to be a balance. And I find that so many people you know, they're, they're, they get so hot under the collar around, you know, oh, you, I can't believe you let your animal eat that cheeseburger, like, you know, or, or Pearl, my Pearl likes tea cookies every day and yet their diet isn't so good. And so it's like, we, we really, our animals are modeling for us how to take good care of ourselves, how to show when we show love for ourselves. And so I love that, you know, you have the animal communication shamanic piece because it's something that maybe a lot of humans wouldn't necessarily offer to themselves. Mm. And, and, and maybe, and I love that your client said, you know, I think I got a healing too. And it, it almost feels like it was a surprise. Like I didn't know I needed this. I didn't know. I didn't realize I was hurting. I didn't know. I was so worried about my animal. I was willing to invest in them, but maybe that there's a, you know, such a deep nuance where maybe the, you know, that animal part of the issue that brought that person to you for shamanic healing for the animal was about that that animal knew that person needed a healing too. Absolutely. And many of my clients, after they hear the shamanic journey for their animals, they ask for a shamanic healing for themselves. Mm -hmm. That's when it really starts to come together. And the animals, even after a simple communication, they're so much closer to their person than they were before the communication. You care enough to talk to me. You care enough to listen to what I have to say. And most of the animals are extremely sensible. Everybody has different levels of skill, you know. And just like some of us are more articulate than others, that's the same with the animals. They're not all large spiritual teachers sometimes they just want a friend just like any of us would you know some of us are good at repairing plumbing and others don't have a clue and and it's the same thing with animals you know there's quite a variety and accepting that there is as much variety among individuals in animals um is a good thing, you know. I mean, if they were all the same, I think I think they're all precious spirits, you know. 
uh, no matter what level they're at. But even those that have gotten kind of dotty in their old age are, are pre precious. You know, they still have a lot to contribute to, to life and to humans. And um, yes, isn't that right, my love? And it's, you know, it's interesting because that's one of the perks of the work that we do. And, and I, by work, I mean, you know, it becomes a discipline. It becomes, you know, just like I was born with, honey, every time you chirp, you blow out mommy's right eardrum, okay? And, her, and the little speaker inside there. <laughs> so, you know, what, I was born with musical talent, but it didn't mean that I didn't need to invest in years of, of dedicated disciplined practice. And that doesn't sound fun until you consider the end result, which is that I was able to perform beautifully back in the day. I was able to create and share brilliant pieces of music. And so that's the end result. But for those of you who are listening or watching, you know, it's really important to understand that it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like, like I thought I would have to go to school in the traditional sense. So I signed up for an online university. It's, it's not like that. It becomes this pure joy, like the most favorite hobby you have. Mm -hmm. And because we're working on multiple layers, it's like, we're not just dealing with the mind with the head, the way that you learn in the classroom when we go through primary, secondary school, higher education, it's all about memorizing and, you know, practical application and logic. We're working at the energetic field too. And so it, you can make progress very rapidly. So much is, so much is activated just by your awareness. You know, it's like the matrix, but the good kind where you don't, you don't ever want to go back to sleep. You know, it's like the worlds are reversed in that movie. I know it's super old school, but I think they just came out, came out with another remake. Um, you know, in that, in that, um, that movie, it was the, 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 the sleepy people who saw the beauty and they were, you know, eating good food and, and everything was light. And then behind the scenes, it's like all this dark, gritty, dank, you know, little old payphone booths and old school telephones with animal communication. Once you become aware of your intuitive ability, abilities and you realize that they're shared and you realize that you're kind of like the last of the party in a speak in, in a way uh, suddenly that's the world you're living in is this beautiful technicolor world it's like that the old way you don't want to get to to return you don't want to go back to sleep and and truly you can't the awareness activates so much that it's almost it's it's worth the price of admission so to speak now we're coming kind of to the end of our um, our time here, and you've mentioned several times that you work with different groups of students, and you have different kinds of classes as well as your consultation. So I would love it if you would share a little bit about like what would you recommend if somebody's listening to this and they're just like, hmm, you know, where would you where would you start them? Or and and you know, would you would you want to start with an animal communication session? Would you want to start with the shamanic? Like where would you guide somebody who's not really sure what what they need or what they'd like to experience first. I think that for your own animal, I have clients who just check in with their animals once a month. And it's a conversation that they both enjoy very much. And uh, so that's a good place to start is just checking in to see how your animal's doing. If you want to learn how to listen to your animal on a regular basis. And I say regular because sometimes you understand them, sometimes you don't. 
and you can't quite get all of what they want to say when they're standing in front of you just staring and whining, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I do teach basic animal communication, and then I go on to uh, three levels of advanced animal communication that remove all the blocks that you have. It teaches you how to quiet your mind so that you're able to hear what the animals have to say. It teaches you to calm yourself and your, you know, your nervous system yes. and your spirit. And then also how to connect with the animal in various ways. And just to be in receptive mode and receive. Humans are predators, you know, we don't receive easily, but we, we're after something all the time. And in order to communicate, we have to really go into receptive mode. I show you how to do that in a very fun way, um, using games and exercises. And then for the shamanic animal communication, you don't need to know how to do telepathic communication, but you do need to know how to journey shamanically. And my next uh, basic journeying class uh, for Sandra Ingerman is in July, the second weekend in July. Okay. And then after okay. that is the shamanic animal communication. Then there's a whole series of shamanic healing for animals classes. And it just it just kind of telescopes from there depending on how, how far do you want to go. And if you want to become a professional, I also mentor and coach you in the special way, and you would know this, Shannon, the special way that you have to market and present yourself if you are an alternative practitioner. Yes. Yep. Well, and, you know, there's always more to learn, too. I, I feel like in addition to adding teaching to the list of services I offer, I am also and will always be a perpetual student. So there's always, yeah. so even if yeah. you're listening yeah. and you're yeah. like, you know what, I, you know, I've got the marketing thing down. It's like, well, you know, maybe you do, but then you may come, you may wake up one morning and your intuition pops a brilliant new idea in and you're not really sure. Just like we were talking about, how does this fit in? You know, when I added teaching to my list of services, I was like, hmm, how does this fit in with what I'm already offering? And it takes, you know, you have to put a different hat on and it's a little different mindset. And most of all, I just want to encourage, and I, first of all, I want to really thank you, um, Judy, judyramsey.net. So you can find out everything that she was just talking about and all the different start dates. And also if you're interested in just experiencing shamanic journeying for yourself and your animal, that sounds pretty fascinating to me. Also, I want to thank you, our beautiful listeners and viewers for giving us your time and your attention and for sharing this adventure that we're on. You know, if you're listening to this and you're kind of like, ah, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's later in life or, you know, that's late to the party. Look how many animal communicators are out there. It's like, yeah, again, I want to return you back to think about all the animals out there who have never once exactly what you were saying, Judy, never once in their lives had somebody just stop take a deep breath and say, say to them, do you have something you'd like to share? Mm -hmm. They don't have anybody to talk to and they're ready. So it's like, we'll never have enough animal communicators to meet the need for all the animals that need and want to talk in all the different places around the world. We have a struggling planet right now. We have groups, a whole species of wild animals that need to share. So consider your passion. You know, consider what makes your heart beat faster or, or what, 
stops you in your tracks and fills you with a desire to, I wish I could do something to help. This is something you can do to help. This is something special that the planet wants and needs. And we're living in a time period where we're really starting to wake up. COVID has kind of put us face to face with ourselves for an extended period of time. And we've discovered a lot of us that we're not quite as entertaining as we thought we were. It's time to learn how to become good company to yourself, fun to hang out with. And animal communication is a great way to occupy your mind productively, keep you out of the worry zone, keep you out of the fear zone, keep you away from the scary mass media and put you in a space where you can start helping those you love right away and helping yourself in really productive ways. Because all of a sudden, when you start talking with animals, you start to realize, you know, we're, we're not an invasive species here. We belong. We are a part of and it feels really good to reconnect and to realize I make sense in the greater context, you know, and, and I, and, and I, you know, maybe, maybe you're one of those who really wants to go to Mars. I think that's fantastic. I wouldn't mind going maybe for a brief visit, but I like it here. <laughs> and I sure would like to see a world that's sustainable for us, for our animals, for our kids, for our kids, kids, for generations to come. And this is, you know, this is a huge part of that is repartnering with the world around us. So Judy, again, I really want to thank you for donating your time and being a part of Let's Talk to Animals. Yes, Pearl also wants to thank you by blowing out my right speaker again. I'd also love to invite you, our listeners and viewers, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend who loves animals consider studying with one of us or scheduling a session for you and your animals and definitely give us five stars or 50 stars if that's available in your area. Uh, Pearl suggests 50 feathers, but I don't think that's an option yet, my love. You can find more at animallovelanguages.com. Just click on the podcast link and it will take you to all of our wonderful guests, past, present, and upcoming. And we are grateful for your time and your attention and look forward to welcoming you back next week with a fresh new episode of Let's Talk to Animals. Miss Judy, thank you so much once again for being a part. I hope you'll be hearing from our listeners very soon. And um, I look forward to keeping in touch with you as well. Thank you, Shannon. All right. Bye for now. Bye.